0: Let's go. It's the Ryder Cup this week. Zach, Johnny, and I break it all down. Coming up. Welcome to your best bets. It is Ryder Cup week. It's been two long years. I'm sorry, I've already made the first mistake of the podcast. Three long years since the debacle in Paris uh, where the, the, the European team dominated the U.S. team. And uh, this is a bit of a different show for us. Usually we talk about the upcoming tournament. We go through the odds. We, we make our picks. We're going to do a little bit of that, but a lot of this is going to be uh, discussion about the Ryder Cup and uh, what we expect from both sides. Um, we'll talk about potential pairings. Uh, talk about Brooks Bryson. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna go through it all tonight. Um, joining me is uh, Zach Fitzgerald. Zach, welcome and, and congratulations on on picking Max Homa to win the Fortnite Championship. Great call, sir.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's nice to be back. Uh, it's great to get a win. Uh, paid out pretty well if you took the bet, and uh, we'll see if we can't maybe get another winner this week. I think that's
0: the Johnny. Correct me if I'm wrong. The seventh outright winner since since we've launched the podcast. Uh, I think that was right because you got you got Cantley uh, the last uh, in the playoffs. Uh, I think that was number six. So I believe that's number seven. Uh, Johnny, are you ready for the Ryder Cup?
2: I I have been waiting for this for three years. It's always one of my favorite events to watch. This is going to be the first time that we've had an opportunity to bet on it. So it's going to be interesting to, to view the different angles on, on how to think about it that way. But, I mean, if, if you get the chance to watch Whistling Straits is a great golf course, um, good squad, American squad, good European squad, I am ready to go. Can't wait for Friday.
0: Glad you brought that up about just how big of a deal the Ryder Cup is. Um, to me, it's it's just the most pleasurable viewing experience that I have in golf. I, I mean, I love the majors, love the Masters, you know, everything that brings, you know, first major of the year. But there's nothing quite like the Ryder Cup to me. It's it's unexplainable. The excitement you see guys. Uh, just playing with different types of emotion that they normally don't play with. The crowd is insane. It's going to be great to see all the fans this week at Whistling Straits. Um, Zach, where does it, where does it rank for you as far as, you know, watching golf? Is it, is it at the top or you have it behind the majors? I
1: would, I would say the Ryder cup is my favorite event. I've always enjoyed uh, team golf uh, more than individual, obviously the masters since, you know, we're coming into the spring and, and it's got the the famous song. You know, you get chills right when it first comes on. Uh, that's special. But I do think that seeing America and Europe competing against each other, we haven't come out on top recently. But uh, seeing those events, the team aspect of everything is more special to me than the majors.
0: Johnny, you Ryder Cup at the top, or is it is
2: it behind the majors? I think it's I think it's up there. It's hard to. It'd be hard for me to rank it above the, the Masters in the U.S. Open, but, you know, it, it's one of the events that I clear my schedule for just to watch. And, um, you know, it, just like uh, Zach said there, well, you know, with the pageantry of it, um, you know, NBC's always covered it. They cover it uh, pretty well there's you know it's it's just a very select few groups of 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 golf each time so and and each shot really really matters so you know when you get the fans involved um you know and as desperate it seems as the american fans are as much as the american players are to to win the the cup and bring it back to the united states you know it's just one of those things that that uh i i truly enjoy just the spectacle of it and um, I, I think it'd be fun to, to to visit one time in person just to see. I've actually been to the opening ceremonies, uh, watched the practice round when it was at Oakland Hills. Um, I can't remember what year that was, but. 04, Oh four. That was the that was the Hal Sutton disaster. Um, <laughs> came out the year. cowboy hat. Yeah, <laughs> when he paired Tiger and Phil up. I, I can remember I was actually at the, the opening ceremonies and Samuel Jackson was hosting the, the thing. So near the, near the end after the players, you know were, were on stage and everything like that, he announced the pairings and he had uh, Tiger and Phil, he announced last in the, in the pairings there. And and we all went nuts. We all just went apeshit. I mean, it was just like, Oh my God, this is, this is it. The two, the two guys here and it couldn't have gone any worse, but you know, as far as how, how well it's covered on TV and, and everything like that, it's, it's so much fun to watch. And I would easily rank it up there with as high as, the, as the masters us open open championship.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. That, that Oh four team, that that was rough i think chris riley was there um he was the best player
2: and asked <laughs> out of the the saturday afternoon four ball or four, foursomes match and just received shit for it
0: wasn't i mean he was like he was like homies with tiger uh which it really just kind of an odd situation but yeah that 0406 situation they lost 18 and a half nine and a half both uh 04 and 06 I think that was probably the bottom for the U.S. team Zach I want to talk about the last 10-15 years of the Ryder Cup um, You know so we, we know Europe has owned this event for the most part the last 20 years But I was looking at this closer if, if it weren't for a miraculous comeback in 2012 when Europe won at Medina And they were down 10-6 going to the final day The last six should be split down the middle home and home wins 3-3 three to three, But it, because of that they've won four of the last six and then even going back seven of the last nine, what's the reason why Europe keeps winning and not just winning, but winning going away.
1: I think it speaks to something Johnny said in the last podcast that we we're on when he said that they just have this stench of losing on them, the American team, the previous players, a lot of them that are not on this team. Um, when you mm-hmm. lose for so long, you know, especially when it's close, you get down towards the end and you start thinking something's going to happen. And normally you can speak that into existence. It happens to amateurs. It happens to pros. Uh, I really think it's that it's just, I'm excited for this year. There's a lot of new blood, a lot of young blood. Uh, some would say some arrogant players, I would say confident, uh, I like that. I think that they could be the ones that, that could break through and, and hopefully bring this one home this time. I'm with you
0: with uh, some of the, you know, we, they've, they've played with the same group of guys largely for, for a while, the U.S. team has, and there is just that, that loser, losing mentality, for lack of a better term. But I want to I wanna bring up a point there's not been the best captaincy strategy for, for these events. The the one that comes to mind that was the best was Paul Lasinger in 2008, when he, uh, you know, brought in the pod system, that team was probably the least talented Ryder cup team, you know, the last five or six for sure. Um, But he seems to strategize better than any other captain has. If you go back to 2018, And look at what Jim Furyk did. I mean, guys, he paired Phil Mickelson and Bryson in a foursomes match, an alternate shot match. Phil couldn't find the fucking world with with his T-ball. Bryson was – that was obviously pre, you know, what Bryson is now. But the point is, is I don't know if, you know, the the captains have been the best. We could even – pinpoint Tom Watson in twenty fourteen what just a train wreck that is and it 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 caused the whole task force to happen right after that and Mickelson threw him under the bus with in that press conference, which by the way Top five press conference ever. Legendary. If, you, anyone, <laughs> if anyone has time this week, YouTube that and, and bring up that press conference. It was so awkward. Mickelson throwing Watson under the bus as he's sitting beside him. It was epic. Um, so, Johnny, what is it for you? Is it is it more strat Lack of strategy? Is it just the loser mentality? Or is it Europe's just making more
2: putts? Well, well, first I want I appreciate you bringing up the 08 team there with Paul Azinger, and and that team what was well, you know, they weren't very good. I mean, it, you know, compared to how these teams have usually been and and gotta give a shout out to Anthony Kim there. That was uh, where he kind of came out and everything like that and became the great player there. But the, the, the pod system was the perfect uh, um, counterbalance to what the European um, you know, kind of mentality is where they, you know, where they see a lot of each other at tournaments, they go out to dinner, a, you know a lot together. What I think a big problem can be for the American team is you've got a lot of alpha males on that team. Um, you've got a lot of guys who who take charge, and when it comes down to it, generally in in a pairing and a partnership in in not only golf but in a lot of things, you've got to have someone who who doesn't doesn't have to be the guy who can kind of just be the the supporting the supporting kind of person there and the European team seems to to understand that they seem to uh, complement each other as far as their golf games go. Um, And then, you know, when it comes, comes to looking at the actual format of the, the event there, you look at the, the, the alternate shot, the American team never, those guys never play that. I mean, I've done it one time. I played it in college once for fun. We had a, uh, like an inner squad scrimmage thing where we played an all three shot it is really really hard i mean and, and the guy who i i end up i remember that i end up winning my match with another guy who uh uh you know we we just we you know we fed off each other and and we you know we played really really well and i think that's what this european team is yeah they may not play a ton of golf together but they trust each other they they had you know they're they're you know, if they if they miss a golf shot, miss a putt, hit a bad drive, you know, whatever, there's not that um, you know thought of being uncomfortable. Um, and the American team, they just it's just not like that. And and that type of uh, that type of mindset is is critical when it comes to these pressure shots, because you know, if you if your partner's not playing well, if you're not playing well, you know, you're you know, generally you there's this distrust and and you know it could um, result in, in pressing from the other guy and everything and i think that's that's the actual physical thing as far, far as why these guys are not winning these these sessions here but you're right the captaincy has been is, has been bad it, you know they they've got to this task force was supposed to come up with different methods but you've got to have a captain who you know, I think can kind of understand these guys, their games and their personalities as much as anything else. Like they say, Oh, I just pair these guys and go watch and play. Well, you've got to get the right combination of people there. I mean, don't you think?
0: I think it's, I think it's um, one of the the main reasons that Europe has succeeded. I was listening to Paul McGinley. Uh, I think he was, he was the Ryder Cup captain in 14, I believe at um, Glen Eagles. And it was actually the team that Watson captained. And I I was listening to him on the No Laying Out podcast. Uh, Shout out, No Laying Out. Love those guys. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, he was talking about how Graham McDowell, at that time, was top 15, top 20 player in the world. And uh, Paul McGinley basically said, I'm playing you in this many matches. You can be upset. You're going to have to get past that. And I think he played him in alternate shot only. And he said two reasons. You're, you're the fit for the golf course. We have guys that fit better in four balls, so I'm gonna play in foursomes because your game suits that better. And you'll be rested for singles, and I'm gonna put you out first in singles, which he did, and he beats Jordan Speed. So I, I think some of that strategizing is what the U.S. has been lacking for quite a while. Besides the 0-18. 2016 when when the U.S. you know won going away at Hazeltine, I think that was a just a much as a far superior team, as far as his talent goes. And, um, you know, most, most of the guys played well that week. They didn't really have to out strategize them. And I'm not sure, you know, we'll get to this week and what that looks like. Um, Zach, where do you lie on, on captains mattering to this? Is, is it, you know, setting the guys up to succeed And at that point, it's just on the guys to play and play well.
1: I think captains matter, but not just captains themselves. I think that they're vice captains. I think, uh, you know, a certain vice captain can manage a certain player better than another vice captain. So, you know, just like in any sports, you know, it's a team effort from the coaches as well. Uh, Strategy comes into play, but, you know, having multiple ears, multiple voices uh, at times can really, really help to make the right decision. Now, sometimes you get blind to your own feelings and just having that trusted ear uh, uh, somebody saying something to you I think that really does help
0: um, you know speaking of, of captain one one little tidbit and I'm sharing my screen with you guys here um, I don't know if you guys can see this but why is why is Fred couples a vice captain at this point
2: oh, uh, I think he just uh, I just think he gets. He gets along well with these younger guys, and I just, you know, he's he's been in a lot of these events, and he's been a vice captain. I don't like that. I wish they would put more of these vice captains. They would they would get the guys who are more with, um, you know, who are the younger ones. Like, right. you know, Zach Johnson, I know he's been the vice captain several times, but he's younger like these guys. But, like, there Davis is. Love, you know, whatever. You want guys who are going to eventually – be captains. I mean, you know, I thought that
0: I thought that was the whole point of the task force was to identify future captains, make them vice captain, um, you know, for one or two Ryder cups, and then they're ready to be the captain. You know, we know Stricker is he's been the president's cup captain, and and, and I think he's probably been a vice captain on the Ryder cup, but I have no idea why Fred Couples and Davis Love, who's been the captain twice, why they're vice captains. Furik is also on here as well. Um, I just, I saw that and I, I just, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And by the way, I don't have any, I don't have any beefs with Fred Couples. Love, love Freddie. Guys, the U.S. team, let's get into it. Um, Zach, have you thought about the guy this week that you think is going to step up and, and really not, not necessarily a guy that's already a star, but maybe a guy that's waiting in the wings and he's ready to make his mark. Who do you think that's going to be this week from the U.S. team?
1: I have two guys that I really, really like on the U.S. team. I like Cantley and Morikawa. I like the fact that they're both great ball strikers. Um, I think them playing together in like an alternate shot format could be an extremely good team. Mm -hmm. Um, But those two mainly, I think, are the ones that I really like. I always like Justin Thomas for an event like this, but I don't really know that I would call him doing well, a breakout sure, um, sure. DJ hasn't necessarily been playing great, but I wouldn't be surprised if he plays really well. But for me, the two that, that I would feel the most confident in uh, to play all four rounds would be Cantley and Marikawa. Hmm.
0: DJ obviously owns this place. I mean, he has got a great track record. Um, you know, he's played well here for uh, a few different tournaments. Uh, Johnny, who would be your, your, your guy or two guys from the U.S. team that you think are ready to break out and become a star this week?
2: I, th- I think the first one, and um, it, there's a lot of them that you could choose from because I think you could pretty much pick a good number of them there. But Daniel Berger, um, I think this guy's got the stones, the and he's not afraid of anybody. He's not. A, I don't think he's afraid of the moment either. Um, if the golf game is there, and if he's you know keeping it in play there, um, he's your kind of your grinded out, um, you know, grinding out guy there. I think he can pair well with uh, with the players, and and you could probably play him in in either format there and be pretty successful. But he's one of those guys that is going to kind of get overlooked by the bigger names um, on that team. But he could quietly go two oh and one or you know two one and one or you know something like that and and get you on the positive side there and um the other name i I like um is harris english um he's had a fantastic season so far um started out really really good with the win in hawaii um you know when he almost didn't have much status prior to that. So he's been playing comfortably all year. um, been a pretty good player, real consistent, you know, ball striking wise, good putter. These guys, you know, to, to us here you know, on this podcast, we're not, you know, we're very familiar with these, these names here, but you know, you're going to hear about Kepka and, and DJ and, and Xander and, and Jordan Spieth a lot, which they should be successful. But those two guys, I really look to see uh, them helping this team and, and winning some points.
0: I like Berger. Uh, I like Berger a lot. The I, I think he'll I can see him playing both four ball sessions. I think he would actually fit really well in foursons as well. Um, I think he's been so consistent since summer 2020. A couple wins a lot of top 10s, top 20s played well in the majors. And I've said this for a while. He just—he just—he just just seems to want the ball at the end of the game. That kind of guy, and uh, he'd be someone I trust coming down the stretch of a big match to have the stones to hang in there and get it done. Um, This guy necessarily isn't my favorite guy. In fact, I banged on this guy a lot on this podcast um, for, for his lack of winning. I just have a feeling about him this week at Sander. I, I, I think his game is so solid and he just would be a bit of a match play nightmare um, because he just doesn't give you anything and, and he's, he's very consistent to um, You know, Sometimes his putter can get a little bulky, but I think he in, in the, the right situation could, if he plays four matches, I think he could win them all um, I think he's due for a big week. Um, we'll see. Um, be, like like you both, you said it could be any one of these twelve. That's how talented this U.S. team is. And um, talking about pairings a little bit, uh, I know Zach mentioned Can'tlay Morikawa would be something he'd want to see. Um, Johnny, what are what are some of your expected pairings, and what is something that you'd want to see for for each session? Because I've already written this down of what I want to see happen. I don't want any of my guys playing five matches. Um, that's something I feel strongly about to have them rested for the, the final day. Um, what are what are some pairings you'd like to see the first couple of
2: days? Yeah, first I, I also totally agree with you on anybody not playing five matches. Um, you you've got these twelve guys. These twelve guys can win the win the Ryder Cup. And they could all play. They've all got game. They're all, what, top 20 in the world or better. So um, we don't need to see any of them in, in, in all five. First, I got to start out with, uh, with Pat Cantley and, and Xander. Um, that, that They worked out really, really well at the President's Cup in Royal Melbourne. Royal Melbourne, excuse me. Um, they, uh, they, they got a game that really complements each other. They both hit it long enough to get around whistling straights. Um, Cantley has been putting really, really well. And, 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 Xander when he, you know, when he kind of, when he grinds it out there and he's rolling it well, he's, he's real tough to beat, you know, those guys, I I'm, I'm a big fan of Spieth and Thomas. I think you've got to pair those guys together just, just because, um, there's going to be a couple guys though, that, that are, I think the real challenging ones being Bryson and Brooks on who you pair those guys with. Of course, <laughs> I, obviously. And, and I know we've had discussions on it before on, on, on who you pair because Brooks seems to hate everybody and nobody really likes Brooks, but you know, I, I see Tony Fino as a guy that it would work good with any one of those guys on the team there. Like, you know, what he lacks in wins he's got in, uh, um, you know, he's a camaraderie guy. And he's got a lot of game and you don't have to win a four round golf tournament here. You just got to win an 18 hole match. So he played, uh, he was one of those guys, the few guys who played well in Paris. Um, and I, I see something like a, maybe a final with, with Bryson or final with, uh, with Kepka. Um, mm-hmm. Those were the the ones there. The one guy I do worry about, and I, I wasn't worried about it for a while was Morikawa with, uh, you know, is he, is he fully healthy? You know, is his golf swing, you know, that silky smooth, you know, way that he won the the open championship, but pair him up with Harris English. And, you know, you've got, you've got, uh, you know, real good iron play there. So those are some of them. I I think you've really, what Strick has really got to do is really get figure out who these guys want to play with, Um, you know, uh you know on an emotional level where they're not gonna feel uncomfortable if one of them has a bad hole or two but that's gonna be i think the big the, the toughest part there
0: zach what are what are some pairings besides uh morikawa canley you would potentially like
1: uh just like johnny said i think thomas and spieth are, are a guarantee to play together at yeah. some point um I did say that I like Cantley and Morikawa together, but, you know, I wrote down some groups and I also, I like Bryson and Morikawa together. Morikawa may not be completely healthy, but especially in say like a foursome, Mm -hmm. you know, if Bryson is not necessarily hitting the driver well, uh, you know, Cantley's ball striking could take care of that. Um, If Bryson is hitting the ball extremely well, you know, Cantley's wedge play could take care of that. I like Shoffley and Scheffler playing together. Um, I, I like Shoffley and Berger and foursomes. and I wouldn't mind seeing DJ and Cantley together in foursoms either. If DJ's hitting the driver straight, he and Cantley with Cantley's wedges could be pretty dangerous.
0: I hadn't thought of that one, but that that makes some sense. And I, you you brought up Bryson and Mark and I've I've heard that one tossed around a couple times. With you know, if Bryson's driving it, you know. Up well, and with Morikawa's iron game, that that team could be really hard to beat in foursomes. And you know, I, I have this anti-Bryson and foursome stance. I don't know if that's what Stricker's going to do. I don't know if he's got certain guys for, you know, certain types of four ball versus foursomes. Um, I would I would be willing to not play him in foursomes and just try him out in four ball, have him make six, six or seven birdies on his own ball. Uh, because he's so difficult to play with. But that could be an interesting pairing. One that I had penciled in is, is DJ and Scheffler because it's basically the same guy. I mean, these mm. pers- their, their personalities are exactly alike. They play a similar style. DJ's a little longer, but both are birdie machines. I think in four ball, that could be a really tough tandem to beat. Um, D, uh, Spieth and Thomas, I think it's automatic. Um, I also had Xander and Cantlay, and I had uh, – uh, Finau and Bryson as well. And, and four ball. I, I think, uh, like Johnny said, Finau is such a team guy and he can play with anyone on the team. And I think there's a couple of guys U S has that are like that. I think Finau DJ Scheffler are guys that you can pair with anyone for the most part. And, and they'll figure it out, except maybe DJ and Brooks, you know, based on the, the fight in 2018, uh, just one of the three or four guys that Brooks has a problem with, uh, on the team. Uh, let's, let's get into Brooks and Bryson. Um, you know, last week interview in Golf Digest, Brooks. You know, was and I don't know when the interview happened. I think it was probably July or August, but about the Ryder Cup, and it wasn't the most glowing sentiment about the Ryder Cup. And he talked about how it throws. It's it's a different type of week. It throws you off your game. You know, you don't get your your naps that you you would normally get. I mean, what the fuck are we talking about here, Brooks? Um, um, you know, he talks about he's the most mentally tough guy out here as far as performance in major championships and here he is uh bitching about not getting an nap is this some of it came off really um you know it was it was hard to fathom a guy like that saying that um and, and so there was some backlash the last few days about brooks but it sounds like he's healthy he's ready to go zach as far as bryson or brooks who's who could be a bigger problem this week
1: and who do you expect to play better I think Bryson play-wise Bryson could be a bigger problem if he's not hitting driver. Well, he's not going to be, he's going to be worthless. Um, I think Brooks will play better. Uh, it does. It concerns me that he, he said he didn't care about it. It was surprising too, because I, I know he cares so much about the majors and he doesn't care about necessarily the regular PGA events, but I guess I expected him to care about, um, the Ryder Cup and he's obviously a guy that likes to do things his way you know saying that his routine had to change and I mean if he doesn't want to play in it uh, there's plenty of guys that do Uh, I'm glad he's on the team I think he's worthy uh talent wise but if he doesn't want to be there that would not be a guy that necessarily I would want to have on the team.
0: Johnny for you uh it seems like Bryson has the higher ceiling to be a bigger clown show, but Brooks might have a higher ceiling on hurting the
2: chemistry. I, that is as well put as I think I could I, I could think of right there because it's just, yeah, Bryson is Bryson. I mean, but you're, you're gonna get this. I mean he's training for the, uh, the the world long drive, which is the day after which more power to him for wanting to compete in it, but you know, you're changing, you're changing your golf swing. You're changing your, your motion and your moves and everything like that. And, I, but with that, I do appreciate, um, Kapka being honest. I mean, that's, that, that is what it is. That's what we want with these guys, a very unflattering honesty, but that's, that's what, uh, yeah. obviously what he thinks there, but, uh, you know, he, I see what he's saying though, because these guys are the, you know, the, the captain of their, their team, you know, the, whatever decision they make is it goes. Cause you know, obviously they're the, they're the main cog between their agent, their swing coach, you know, uh, their caddy and whatnot. So whatever they say goes. And, and I think Brooks being the ultimate lead dog alpha guy, that's just, when things don't work out his way, it's it's, he's gonna, you know, that might throw him off more than somebody else who, you know, just kind of goes with the flow there. So yeah, as far as the clown show, I mean, Bryson, if he's not playing well, it could be where it's all about him not playing well. Um, but I think you're guaranteed to have some questionable, uh, at least post event meltdowns with Brooks though. And, and his, uh, his, you know, his flattering uh, honesty there. So, I think they're both going to be interesting. I think both are, are going to. I think they understand, though, what the importance of the Ryder Cup is to, you know, the United States, to their teammates, and to the fans. So, you know, I could see them pushing it aside, um, but afterwards, if things go haywire, you could see a a Phil Mickelson, um, you know. Rant on the on the the uh, the post event press conference. So to, that, that's kind of kind of not really giving you a direct answer there because I, uh, I I don't know. But I think you put it perfectly that Bryson could be the the, the main one. But I'd be more concerned with uh, w- you know with Kepka as far as being a distraction.
0: Well, I think anything is on the table here with these two. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they both play great. Like Orly, anything in between. If there's controversies, if there's chemistry things, I, nothing would surprise me. Based on everything that's come out the last couple months, um, I, I do think Bryson has a chance to uh, redeem himself this week with the fan base. Um, you know, imagine him just you know bombing drivers. Like the first hole is a, is a potentially reachable par four if the wind is right. You know, you know, imagine him. You know, driving the first screen and, and you know, winning the first hole and kind of getting the crowd behind him. This is a guy that wants to be loved. I mean, he really does. So, I mean, if, if this is a chance for him to turn the tide with, with some of the, you know, the Brooksy people um, this week. So, we'll see if he takes advantage of that. It could also go completely sideways. If he plays poorly, you know, the fans could, this could be a point in a return where the fans are always against him. Um, so, we'll see. I want to flip to Europe real quick, guys. Um, Zach, as far as the European team goes, the you know we, we talked about the captain's pick last week. It, it seems like a team that's that's far less talented and it's not as deep. Um, is it is their performance depending on on guys like Ron, Rory, Hovland? God, I don't want to say it. Paul Casey um, uh, is, is does their performance have to just be top notch for Europe to have a chance?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, nope. they're professionals as well. Uh, I mean, they if you look at the leaderboards, these are guys that you you see their names all the time at the top. Just because, you know, the United States names are a little bit more flashy this time around doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win and if the USA goes in with that mindset, they're not going to win. Um, you I think, think this is that, you think this is pretty easy. I don't know that I necessarily think it's even, but I do think the USA has a better team. I think they're more talented, but that does not always equate to win. I mean, Europe has always found a way to come together better as a team to find a way to win. Um, And they have a great mixture of uh, of veterans and rookies, younger guys. Um, No, I mean, I, I would bet on the USA Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't necessarily think it's as one-sided as what I, I've been reading or necessarily hearing. Johnny,
0: is, what, are, what are some pairings that you think Europe has to throw out there this week? Um, you know, one for me, I feel like Rory and Lowry are playing together. I think, I, you know, that, that Irish duo, that feels right. Is, is there any other pairings that you see that – for any specific session that, that uh, Padraic-Harrion should
2: throw out there. Well, that's going to be an interesting um, first session when they, when they draw that up there, because you know, the last time when uh, um, Molinari and Fleetwood were paired together, that was supposed to be a a pretty solid team, but they ended up going uh, what nine Oh and one or something like that. um, I believe is what it was through, through both of them there. And they just, obliterated the American team. So they're going to find pairings like that. Yeah, I do like the, uh, the Lowry-Rory um, pairing there in, in any format. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. Is it going to be, you know, Tyrrell Hatton and, and Tommy Fleetwood? Um, you know, I, I wonder if they'll look at some of it by country. So if you'll see the, the English players play together. Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to see the, the Spaniards with uh, Sergio and John Rahm? Um, Sergio, you know, who traditionally can't, you know, can't make a putt at all, you know, is he going to get in this format here where he ends up making, you know, you know, making everything and ends up going, you know, winning the first four matches, you know, with Rom? So it'll be interesting to see. I, I think the, a lot of these players are, as Zach said, they're going to be flying under the radar, but they're all real solid group there and you're just going to have to watch out for these, these hot players that come out and just, you know, they, they, they pair pair very well with, uh, with one another and um, you know, end up being really, really successful for the week. And I'm not sure. I haven't heard. Have they talked about any certain pairings at all that you've seen? I haven't seen anything. Um,
0: That's why I'm having a really hard time pairing, these guys together. Besides the two I mentioned, you know, Ram and Sergio. You you obviously have an argument there. I even thought a team like Ram and Hovland. I mean, how potentially unbeatable would yeah. they be? Um, I know it's probably not a natural fit, but you know, I don't I don't know who you pair Terrell Hatton with. I really don't. I don't know if it's Paul Casey, you know, fellow Englishman, or if it's Coulter. Um, uh, unlike Zach, I, I think there's a huge talent gap. Uh, I do. I, I, Hatton hasn't played well for quite a while. Fitzpatrick has been a little—it's been a little hit and miss the last couple months. Fleetwood hasn't been on the radar. Westwood hasn't played well since March. Um, Poulter—I don't think this is a, a good course fit at all for him. Um, Brent Weisberger is going to play one team match, probably. I mean, is that what we're thinking? Um, I just—I—I I, I, on paper, this—this this feels like a huge mismatch, and I'll probably eat my words, you know, by Sunday night. I'll do a huge mea culpa on that. Um, I don't know. The, to me, the talent gap feels large, and and maybe I'm wrong. Let's um, see. Let's get to some bets, guys. Um, there's, you know, they're betting this tournament is. You're not going to get a lot of value in betting the outright winner. The US is at minus two hundred. Um, to list the trophy you know, it's, it's, it's also at minus 200 Europe's at plus plus one forty. So, uh, a tie would, would give Europe the, um, you know, the trophy. So there's some value there. If you think it's going to be close, it's going to be a tie. Um, you know, I think, I think where the, the most, the most value is guys is on individual player props. Um, there's some, um, there's some props for top team score for the U S top team score for Europe. Um, and then there's even a uh, top overall score for, for both sides. Um, anything you guys have looked at that you like so far, um, uh, for, from that aspect, or there's even tournament props for you know exact score, um, biggest match winning margin. There's all kinds of specific stuff as far as that goes. Zach, you have anything?
1: I think this is hard because you know this is we can't dictate necessarily who's going to play the most matches. We have no idea who's going to play, when they're going to play, who they're going to play with yet. So really you can't handicap it necessarily, but um, I like Cantlay, total combined points at plus 1,000. I like Morikawa, total combined points at plus 1,400. I like Fleetwood, total combined points at plus 1,600. I picked or wrote down here Garcia, top captain's pick, point score at plus 650. And uh, Morikawa top rookie point score at plus six fifty. Uh, and then one that is just kind of like a shot in the dark would be like biggest win margin seven and five at plus nine hundred.
0: Wow, that'd be an ass beating. <laughs> it happens. There's, it, it's clearly on the table, though. Johnny, um, any any of those those individual player props you like, or are you um, you staying away this week?
2: Well, this, this is interesting. I I've thought about this a little bit here and I will pretty much bet on almost anything as I'm sure most people who's listening to this podcast will. I mean, I mean, if it's soccer, if it's, you know, during, during COVID it was ping pong and it was, you know, these other things here, Mm -hmm. I'll probably bet some, but this is one that I, I like the event enough to where I actually have a rooting interest so I'm not sure how much I'll actually bet on it. Um, looking at the, uh, the individual numbers, though, um, I'm thinking the top European point score of, and you could kind of go with any of them, of Rom, uh, McElroy, or Hovland. Um, I can see those guys playing in all five matches and, and like, you know, you know, we had discussed earlier in the show here, we're probably not going to see the Americans, uh, you know, we may not see the Americans playing all five, any American playing all five matches. So I'd like the European team, which tends, which appears to be a little more top heavy. I mean, you've got probably the hottest player in the world in John Ram on that team there. So, you, you know, could you see him going five and zero? Oh? yeah, yeah, you could, you know, Rory McIlroy always seems to, to show up for this event. You know, that's another one. So I, I do like those numbers a lot more than I like the Americans, um, just for the sole fact that they're going to have more opportunities, you know, most likely more matches to, uh, uh, to play in those. So the, the, the win margins, those are going to be fun. You know, you, maybe you throw a small percentage, a, court, you know, uh, a, you know, a fractional unit bet on some of those because they do pay off pretty good. Uh, and you might get someone to get run out of the, off the golf course there at seven and five or something like that. But the individual ones I'm going to mostly focus on the European team just because like I said, I think um, I, I think they're going to play the most and I didn't see much of these, but I did like uh, um, it was Zach mentioned the top captain's pick uh, point score as you know, possibly Sergio Garcia
0: um, all right, guys, I'm going to throw out what I like here. Um, and, and, and the rationale, and Zach, Zach said, you know, it's it's hard to predict how many matches the guys are going to play. And that is exactly right. But you can you can predict who you think the guys are that, that are going to be. And I think from Europe, we all agree that Ron McIlroy and Ivan play five. There's a chance Casey, Sergio, Fleetwood play five. I, I think beyond that, it's – it's probably less likely any of those other guys play five. Um, for the U.S., it's extremely hard to predict. Um, I'm targeting um, Xander. Um, I, I already mentioned him earlier. He's going to be my guy. I'm targeting this week, top U.S. scorer at plus seven hundred um, for also a a fun long shot. I I, I will take Berger at plus sixteen hundred as well. Um, top Europe score. I I'm, I'm on Havel this week at plus seven fifty. Um, as well, that's that's probably going to be my one bet just for the value. Rahm at plus three hundred, Rory at plus four fifty don't offer that much value. Um, two other plays that I like, guys. This is so ridiculous that it's so fun and straight forecasts. So you have to pick pick each team's top point scorer. Um, and on DraftKings, it's available for Xander to be the top US score and Havlin the top Europe score at plus six thousand. That's that's the kind of stuff that I, look I like. That. For it's extremely unlikely, but there's a lot of combinations available on DraftKings um, that you can choose from for each team. And then um, the tournament correct score. I, I I've already mentioned I like the U.S. I like the U.S. a bit going away. Uh, Fifteen and a half to twelve and a half is is my call. <laughs> plus plus nine hundred. Um, let's go. Let's do it. Um, so those are my those are the ones I like. Of course, the individual matches uh, once the pairings are announced uh, Thursday. I'm sure there will be lines on those, um, so we might we might put some some up we like live yeah in the, during the cup.
2: Yep, and let me add since uh, if we're talking about the team stuff as well, is the uh, is the the four ball and foursomes day winners. Um, if you want to get ahead of it and kind of anticipate, um, the you can get plus odds on on pretty much each session there. Um, the, the the four ball um is typically dominated by the american team so you know those are usually i think what are they It looks like plus 100 odds so you could double your money on those yeah. um there you know i am not exactly sure the order but that's a that's a play i'll be looking to make and then the foursomes which usually the uh, european team is, is quite a bit, b- bit better there and they're Sitting at plus one eighty five. That's amazing on a three way bet. There, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty good money right there. And without knowing the pairings, um, you know, you're you're kind of at risk there. But they're gonna they're gonna definitely throw out their their best players there to uh, you know they're gonna try to win that session three one. Um, you know, the European team because generally the Americans uh, will will start off with that four ball if that's played first there and play well so. I, I do like that. And think about that though, when you're betting each session there that um, like I said, the, the American teams are better usually at the four ball matches. Europeans are, are typically more dominant fours. Good
0: point. The, the, the foursomes play has been, it's been completely one-sided for Europe for quite a while. It's, it's, Really amazing, too, um, because it's not like the US doesn't have solid, consistent players. Um, it, it's, it's a hard one to figure. Uh, last question. Well, last couple questions here uh, from both of you. Who, who's the next captain of the US team? Zach, what do you think? Ooh.
1: That's a good
0: question. I mean, let's, let's narrow it down here. The, the nominees have to be
1: Phil and Tiger, Zach Johnson, maybe. So Phil and Zach Johnson were the two that came to my mind immediately. I don't think that, that it's Tiger. I think for the next two, three years, Tiger is going to be focusing on trying to play golf again and maybe getting another major, which is a whole different subject. But, yeah, I, I just don't know that Tiger is going to have the time with rehab and trying to get his game back to, to put the effort into that.
0: Uh, I mean, so 2023, and is it Rome? Is that, is that the next site? I don't have it in front of me. I know 2025 is in Page, and, and to me, that's gotta be Mickelson. It's gotta be Mickelson in New York. Um, Johnny, what do you think? Is, are we missing anyone else uh, for the U S side Kucher. I think Stack? you can see
2: Matt. I think you could <laughs> easily see Matt Kucher coming up here. Um, I, I think it's going to be how I would do it would be Zach Johnson in 2020. Um, or i am sorry 2023 in Rome and then you give uh Mickelson in uh in 25 at Beth Page and then Tiger you know if it was me you give Tiger 2027 20, and 2029 20, yeah. dude deserves give him, it give him Tiger, we give him as many as he wants to captain
0: I, I, for me guys I just give, I give Phil the next two and I give Tiger the two after
2: that. I, and I don't mind that either. I would love to give Phil, to, I would give Mickelson t- two in a row as well, but yeah, yeah, we
0: skip, maybe, there, maybe skip, that's skip how it would Zach work. Johnson.
1: No, I think Zach Johnson would be a good captain. He's got the respect of everybody. He's on, he's a vice captain on most of the previous ones that he hasn't played in. I And Zach's never, what's weird is, okay. So generally
2: the peak, the, the Ryder cup, will they really focus on guys who won the pga championship i think Stricker didn't win it but um right. you know they, they really try to give those guys who've done well in the pga of america events so you know but i think you look at yeah zach johnson i think you could like Kucher. i think for real is, is a decent candidate at some point there Um, but I think you've got to get, you got the, the two giants of, of our generation here. I think you've got to give them the chance that they should get an away game and a home game. And, and quite honestly, for, for winning, you could throw Tiger as the captain for any away event possible. Cause I think what he did in Royal Melbourne, even though that team was way, way, way better, that team was on the ropes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Friday night when they finished those matches there and he didn't play a, he didn't hit a single golf shot that Saturday. And, you know, he kind of willed that team to, you know, motivated that team, willed them to, to win that president's cup. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if any of them do get multiple, but we, you don't get a Phil Mickelson or a Tiger Woods that comes around all the time. So if you look at like, I think Nicholas and Palmer, they both had multiple, didn't they? So you know, you and, think and, you, they just and, deserve it i think
0: and of course davis love you know getting getting you know two. <laughs> yeah Dave, six, davis love i mean <laughs> got you, so yeah um for, for for europe guys it feels like to me it's it's westwood or stenson
1: does not it yes i would like to see westwood get it he's a little, he's great. a little older isn't he he's a little older in stenson yeah, yeah i think stenson's early to mid forties and Westwood is like 47 or 48, yeah. something like
0: that. Yeah. And Stenson is a vice captain on, on this team. Um, first one he's missed in a while, but to me, it feels like those two, I don't really see any other viable candidates, you know, that are, that are in the mix with the, those two. Am I missing anyone, Johnny?
2: No, I, I, I think those are, I think those are obvious, the obvious next ones on the list there. Um, you know, they, they they deserve it there. Grant McDowell so. eventually. I mean, maybe because you know they're going to Ireland in in what uh, Ireland in twenty twenty seven. So maybe maybe is it McDowell in in twenty seven? You you try to give the uh, you know the the countryman a, a, you know a chance to captain in his own home home country there. I'm not sure, but um, they'll have yeah. solid guys coming up. I think through the ranks there because they haven't been beaten down by the opposing team like the American team has. So these captains are generally pretty forward thinking and, and they kind of operate off the same system there as far as, you know, ranging the team and, and getting them out to play. I think uh, I could see
1: Sergio being like a playing captain at some point. Hmm.
0: That's uh, that's an interesting uh, idea. He's what, 41, 42? Um, 41. So he, yeah, so he's, and he's really made a nice comeback. He wasn't on the 2018 team. He's really played well the last couple of years, so it's that's it's, that's in play. I think with Stenson at Westwood, you know, you might get Sergio in his mid-40s where he's still still getting it done and he can play and be the captain. Um, you know, I just always like to think ahead and it's kind of fun to, to you know, get Brainstorm who we who we see leading these teams in the next three or four Ryder Cups. Uh, finally, Zach, who who
1: wins? I think the USA wins. I think that it's not as uh, big of a difference as what you potentially think it is, but I do think that the, the that the USA wins.
2: Johnny, pick Europe. You want me? You want to pick who I think wins? Okay. How many how many points does the United States need to win? To win the cup? Uh, 14 and a half. 14 and a half. So 15 and a half is not a ridiculous prediction. No, I'm going to guess my final prediction officially on the podcast is going to be United States 14 and a half. I think they'll win it on the number. I think they'll win on the number. I think this is going to be a, this is going to be a battle. They're, they're, and they're they're better, but they're not better in the Ryder Cup.
0: Okay, so if it's if it's that close, this thing's coming down to the 11th or 12th singles match. Okay, last last question who's who's your who's your anchor in singles? Who's the oh 12th my guy?
2: God, that's a great question. Wow. Zach can go first because I don't know. Oh, that's so. That's hard. a really great question. That's so hard. Who's playing John oh. Rahm I am there? Yeah. He, is it is it Rom you think that would be the anchor for Europe well i mean it depends on how much of what it is coming in but yeah, yeah it, it, if it's yeah. close i'm i'm batting rom last
0: tra- traditionally if you're behind you put your top player out first to, to get momentum and you know, to get a point on the board early but let's say it's
1: reasonable I, it.
2: I got it i can say it if you need me to first go
1: ahead oh i mean but I, I think i would probably put dj there he's just unflappable he, he he's just kind of got that don't care about anything. Strides down the fairway. Pressure's never too big for him.
2: You mm-hmm. know, as long
1: as he has somebody there to make sure that you know he doesn't make any dumb mistakes with penalties, <laughs> he should be fine.
0: Yeah, flashback to twenty ten there. Uh, Johnny is a. It's,
2: I, you're not picking DJ, are you? No, no, I'm not. I. So Sunday afternoon, we're going to have the final match going down to the wire. John Rom versus. The gold medalist is Andrew Shoffley. Okay. Okay. Give me, be. I am, I feel good with Shoffley in a 18 hole match like that. I know he's not been great in the final pairings and everything, but I think Winton there, I think this, he, this is kind of that stuff that he, he lives for. This is this new breed of American golfer. That's not scarred by the, you know, by the, the European ghosts that, that have haunted us since the, <laughs> since what is it? The late nineties. <laughs> since Curtis strange. since Curtis strange at Oak Hill when he choked it down uh, and, and lost to uh, Nick Faldo there. Jesus.
0: That's like 95. You're going way back. I love it. Heck yeah. Um, I didn't. I love the term European ghosts that you, uh, you established. <laughs> love, that. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> love that. They, they got him man uh, for, for me guys. It, It boils down to if I had to pick one guy from the U.S. to pick or to win one match to win the cup, I'm picking Justin Thomas. Um, If you go back to his record since he was um, on these teams, 17 President's Cup, 18 Ryder Cup and then 19 President's Cup. He has had uh, a great record. I don't have it in front of me. I did prior to this, but he's he was great in Paris. In fact, he was the only U.S. player that. Played half-ass. I think it was four and one. He took on Rory in the very first match, took him down. Um, not talked about that much because it wasn't that close. But um, I trust JT. He, he's one of the guys that really loves this event. Um, and I think he's a you know he's just a big game Ryder Cup player. He's going to be on the next five, six teams. Um, so I'll take 10, JT. I
1: mean, I would 10, say Thomas, three and
0: two. Ten, three, and two. There you go. There you go.
1: OK, I'd, I'd say Thomas, but I, I'd i throw Thomas out first. I'd like to see him get a, a nice, fast start. And then you know, he's always, if you watch, if he goes out early the last days, always just running around, taking a cart, mm-hmm. being a cheerleader, doing whatever you can for the team. So I like a guy like that to go out early and then, you know, be like a support structure for the rest of the team throughout the round.
0: Good point. It's situ- I think it'll be situation dependent. I, I'm I'm fascinated to see the pairings. I'm fascinated to see if it's close going into Sunday and in singles. How uh, Stricker and Harrison, you know, line up their squads, um, guys. This is awesome. I can't wait. Um, mm-hmm. This let's go. Let's do it. To, let's do it tomorrow. I can't wait. Uh, Zach, Johnny, uh, thanks, guys. This was awesome. Fun to talk about. Um, I uh, I'm sure we'll get back with you. Uh, next week sometime thank you go USA
1: yeah go USA
0: (laughs) your best bet Instagram Facebook we had a winner this week in Max Homa we had the uh, another runner up and we had a couple other hits as well so take a look at our bets going forward Um, no tournament this week besides the Ryder Cup but the following week we'll be back with a regular show Um, and everyone enjoy the Ryder Cup and uh, once again thanks for listening